0: Today's episode is going to be a BOGO. A BOGO, you say? Yes. That's a buy one, get one. But in this case, you don't have to buy one, you just get two. What is today's episode going to be about? Well, I'm going to tell you. Hold your horses. This is episode 45, and I'm not even going to tell you who this is or what this show is, because you've heard it. It's like, I don't need to adhere to the FCC, because (laughs) this is a private podcast. Public private podcast. Anyway, so you know who it is. You know what this is, and you're going to get two episodes for the price of one. The first part of this episode would not have existed if I hadn't gotten a phone call an hour ago, and I got a phone call from a friend of mine who was in a desperate situation, and she needed help because some stuff had gone on in her life, that she needed the advice from Grandma Jet. But the other part I have to talk to you about that was our regularly scheduled program, and that is, do you hear that helicopter? The nerve of that helicopter right now interrupting my show. Yes, that's right. I'm still doing my show from my house. Now you get helicopter. <laughs> now you get helicopter noise. Come on. What other show do you get helicopter noise on? Just this one. I'm gonna explain to you the second half of this show in about a second, but I have to wait till the helicopter goes by. Could I stop it and just let it fly by and not take you along for this verbal stalling? Yes, I can I could do that, but I'm not going to. Okay. So the second half of this show was going to be the whole show, and that is I Am Not Joker, the movie. Clearly. Is he a stand-up comedian who's starting? Sure. Does he have a sort of mental illness? Sure. Do we accidentally have similar hair right now? Yeah, guilty as charged. Am I a murderous clown? Of course. Do I live with my mother and uh, have a small apartment in Gotham City? All yes. But there are some differences between us that I'll go into in this episode. I've given you a little preface, I've let you listen to The Helicopter, and I think, without further ado, it is time to go into episode 45. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't have a name for it. Episode 45, The Fightin' 45. Here it comes. Enjoy. I get a text from a friend of mine whose name... Will remain names. So let's call her Gertie. Gertrude. Gertie will be her nickname. So Gertie hits me up. She actually texts my wife as well. And for the story, I don't want you to know who my wife is. So let's also call her Gertie. Now that's a good old confusing, but Gertie my wife and then Gertie my friend. Why am I doing it that way? Because that's just how I feel. I'm in a Gertie mood. So Gertie texts me, not my wife, the other one. And she texts Gertie, my wife, and uh, it says, 911. I need to talk. And I get it. I know what's going on. I've been helping Gertie. That's not my wife for a while, so I know what's up. And I know it's not going to be Gina who's going to take care of this situation, A, because she's in an open house and she's busy, but B, because this is not her wheelhouse. I texted Gina later after I talked to Gertie. I said, "Gene, I'm so sorry. My wife's name is also Gertie. I forgot... <laughs> I I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold on to that. Uh, Have I said the other person's name yet? I might have. I'm so stupid. So, okay. Gertie will be the woman I'm talking to who's not Gina. Gina's back to Gina. It was too confusing for me to have two Gerties. why do you even think of that? So stupid. (laughs) So Gina's not the person you want to talk to in a 911 situation. I told Gina after I talked to Gertie that uh, Gina is 411 and I'm 911. Gina will give you all the information. She'll give you the information factually and as if it came off of a news report. I am the person that you want in an emergency situation because I'm great at triage and I'm good at rapid fire advice and definite answers and truth. But it will not be rooted in some kind of text. It's just what I do on this show. So I'm 911. She's 411. 411, for those of you who don't know what that is, used to be like Google but on a phone. Like, you'd call them. Well, you couldn't call them and ask for porn. <laughs> yeah, look up some porn and then describe it to me. You couldn't do that with one I'm sure you could, but you wouldn't want to. It was information. And you could call them and say, Hi, my name is um, Jet. Uh, I want to know uh, what time Forrest Gump is playing at the theater. And they'd go, We'll give you the number to the theater, you idiot, but we can't give you the time. Oh, I- I'm sorry. Um... Okay, what's the number? And then they'd tell me. In that case, I was myself as a younger person. So I answer this 911 call that was not suitable for Gina, who used to be Gertie. And I answer it for Gertie, the real Gertie, the present Gertie, the person whose identity I'm protecting, whose name is not really Gertie. Am I obsessing a little bit? Yes. I just love that name. It was Drew Barrymore's name in uh, E.T. So I call her. Gosh, I know I'm going to say her name. I can't. Don't say her name. It's Gertie. And she tells me that she just had a fight with her boyfriend, a 24-hour fight with her boyfriend. Now, if that is the truth, I should just slow clap, because that's incredible. I can't even go 24 hours of fighting, and I am a master trained by masters who are trained by masters. So that is, both my parents' fathers were lawyers who are professional fighters of words, and my parents, oof, they could they could do some pretty good uh, back and forth. So, great training in both cases. But uh, 24 hours, I almost said her name, for Gertie is pretty amazing. And Gertie has been using me, and not using, but been having me help her with her fitness and some other things going on in her life that if I say, you'd know. And so I call her and she tells me what's up. And... I listen for as long as I can listen, which is probably not as long as I think it is because anyone who can talk into a microphone for 45 episodes amounting to about 20 hours of edited audio probably isn't as good a listener as he is a talker, right? Let's call this guy Gertie. (laughs) I'm going to call myself Gertie because I didn't say who or what my name is. So I am also Gertie. So I tell her what's going on. You know, I'm very deliberate in this. It's not the first time I've had this kind of conversation. I talked to her about priorities. I talked to her about herself. And one of the things that you can't do when you have a friend is side with them to such an absolute level that you are then going to violate their relationship that may stay intact, even if it's not for healthy reasons. So I can't say to Gertie, let's just call her, I don't know, her boyfriend, Mr. Cosby. I can't say to Gertie, Mr. Cosby is a terrible guy, because remember, this isn't the real one, because if I say that, then if Gertie and Mr. Cosby get back together again, I am the enemy, and there's going to be that residual understanding of what I really feel like about this person. Is this the first time Gertie and Mr. Cosby have fought before? No. Is this the first time they fought about the thing they're fighting about? No. Is this the first time that Gertie has called me in this kind of situation talking to me about this kind of fight? Absolutely not. Do I have more of an interest in one person than the other? Yes. Do I ask myself a lot of questions and then answer them in a tone that is a varied vocal inflection? I do. So, I can't be all on her side. However, this person has made some great strides in her life to improve. Some difficult strides. And her partner is not very supportive, A, not very understanding, and doesn't seem like he is getting that she is serious about things she wants. This is a tale as old as time. And if I knew the rest of that song, I'd sing it. Julie Andrews sang it, right? Beauty and the Beast. Song as old as rhyme, I knew I'd try. Damn it. But, uh, Just because it's an old story doesn't mean it's not acute for her. And my advice is to her what I would give to the guy. What is it you want? I keep a journal and I tell her, you know, if you kept a journal, what is it you would want when the emotions are down, when this person is not there and you're all alone, what is it you see in your trajectory? And what is it you feel you need to have to be fulfilled in this life. And I'm not talking about a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or your name up in lights or to be the executive vice president of your company. I'm talking about, do you want a family? Does that person want a family? And it turns out in this situation that these two may not have aligned futures. Can either one of them change for the better and make a great relationship that turns out to be perfect or as close to perfect as possible? It's possible. (laughs) Possible, impossible? You're slipping, Jet. Oh, I told you who I am. I mean, Mr. Gertie. It's possible, it's unlikely, right? And so I use this story. There's a story about the story, Jet. Yeah, there always is. I was with my first girlfriend and she was incredible. Just wonderful lady, spiritual, insightful, exciting, intelligent, sexy, all those things. It was too early um we were each other's first love and i knew i needed to go out there and experience a little more life and furthermore i knew what she wanted as far as a future with kids like her parents a kind of white picket fence situation and not to diminish that her husband would have a steady job with a pension and i knew that wasn't going to be me so i tried to break up with her a bunch of times and i self-destructed the relationship and it eventually ended when she called my bluff and left flash forward to my next relationship I had the same conversation with my second girlfriend. She wanted kids. She wanted me to work with her dad, which was great. He was in production. He had a lot of money, and he was going to buy us a house in Santa Monica, a little starter home. I could add connections, been in the industry, and who knows where I'd be now, because this would have started when I was in my early 20s. But I didn't want children, and I had this stupid idea of wanting to make it on my own. Both those women have children. One has two, and the other one has three. Now, I'm not saying I'm responsible for the birth of all five of those children. But if I hadn't broken up with those people, they wouldn't have been born. So those children, in a transferative kind of way, owe me their life. If you think about it as a psychotherapist, which I am. But in actuality, if you look at life in a decision standpoint, if I had stayed with either one of those women, it would have been a different narrative for them. But I understood their desires and I tried to respect it. When Gina and I first went on our first date... And this was after a matinee performance at Moore Park College where we met each other. We were in a play together, for those of you who are hearing us for the first time. Us, there's two of me in my head. One of them is Jed and one of them is Mr. Gertie. So, you know, catch up. Go to the other ones. Episodes. And so I told and I didn't want to have kids and I didn't want to get married. And you are going to think, well, you compromised on one of those. Why wouldn't you compromise on the other? Well, the marriage was not that much of a difference. At 12 years of dating, we decided to get married because I wanted my grandfather and my grandmother to be able to have a party that meant so much to them. You know, they were very Catholic. My family's very Catholic. So over 100 people came over and we danced. And my grandfather, who's since passed on, got to dance with my wife and myself and smile and laugh. And so that was great. So that was the reason we got married. I still don't want to have children, but I didn't prevent Gina from her trajectory. As a matter of fact, I encourage Gina to follow whatever bliss she has. And sometimes I have to help her even look at that because she's much more practical. But that is because I don't believe in diminishing anyone's light. That Katy Perry song about fireworks was written about me. Don't believe the lies. That was all about me. Because I'm a firework. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Can't you hear the underlying notes are about Jet Dunlap? But the point is that in the case of Gertie, she has maybe some of those similar feelings, and the person that she's with right now is is not in that same headspace. And he is focusing on career and maybe to the expense of his relationship. And that is fine as long as there's complete and utter honesty between all parties, right? There is not a movie in the world, and this sounds... <laughs> I always think it sounds fruity, which is so such a horrible thing to think, you know? And you know that I mean in the mind that I had when I was in high school. It sounds pretty lame to say this, but there's no movie, there's no money, There's no car, there's no magic pill that would make me risk anything that would happen to my relationship. It is the most important thing in my life. And that's how it should be, I think. Because careers change. My body will change. My mind will change. I've lost my mind before and she was still there. So she is the most important thing to me in the world. And fortunately, she encourages me to do the things that I want to do and vice versa. But I wouldn't do anything to harm us. So... When I was talking to my friend, I told her exactly what I just told you, which is that I know I'm coming from an extreme standpoint. And I'm not saying everyone needs to have the relationship that my wife and I do. Gina and I have certain luxuries that most people don't. And if you've heard the show before, you're probably tired of hearing it. But in the case of other people I know, they just want someone who's kind and nice to come home after a long day of work because that's their life and their wants. And some people I know, they just didn't want to be single and they found someone that's okay. And I'm not here to name names, but people are honest with me. And that's okay if that's all you want. Gertie doesn't just want that. So I was her Galpel with a little bit of masculinity in the fact that I do kind of lay it out there at the end that no matter what she decides, she should work on herself, keep making herself the best self she can be. And this isn't just ethereal. I mean, physically, she's going through some things that are really making her a better person health-wise. So keep focusing on that. Don't worry about what you need to do right now. And I said, go back to what you guys were going to do tonight. You know, this is not a now thing. I said, you don't have to decide everything that's going to happen in your life right now. I said, your body and your brain's instinct is going to be, I have to be all or nothing. I have to say, this is over. I'm putting my foot down because that's what Hollywood tells us. That's what movies tell us. That's what books tell us. I'm putting my foot down. No more. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. But that doesn't work. In this situation, she can just have a good time tonight and when she's alone later, really start to take inventory of where she is in her life right now and where she wants to be. And if that's with this person, great. And if it's not, great. But that's the truth, guys and guyettes. You have to be looking out for a number one because I've seen this, and gosh, you know, this is such cliche BS, but I've lost some people recently and there were vast differences in the way these people live their lives. And the people who lived it on their terms had finished. They'd finished life. They didn't lose anything, you know? There was no loss of a terminal illness. They finished, they won the game in the people who did it right. That's my opinion. But the ones who did it like I'm giving advice, I want for her on her final days to say, "Yep, that's it, done. As done as I possibly can because nothing's perfect and life's journey certainly isn't, but I did it right. And I did it the way I had to and I did it the way I needed to. And those are the same exact expression, so clearly I'm trying to stall. But the point is that's what I wanted. And I hope she got that. And I hope it helps. But it was also great that she got through to me, which is amazing because normally, and she knows better than anyone, that I don't pick up the phone and I screen my phone calls. Oh, you're thinking of that Gwen Stefani song where she walks into spiderwebs, leave a message, and I'll call you back. <laughs> this show was a little bit pop-up video. Do you remember that on VH1? Bloop! It would pop up and uh, tell you fun facts about the uh, music video. This show's a little bit like that with movies and music. But I'm glad she asked me too because I think it's a good topic. Is this universal? You betcha. I don't care what color you are or what sexual preference you are. You have this. And you do have to do exactly what I told her to do, which is take a sober look at your life and say, where do I want to go? And who do I want to go there with? And you don't need to necessarily be with that person, right? <laughs> Listen to that condescending little voice. I go, and that person, you don't need to be with that person. Who do you think you are, Jet? Who do you think you are? And you don't necessarily need to be with that person. I understand what Gina's saying when she says I go into that mode. I apologize. Anyway, you don't need to necessarily be with that person immediately, but I found the right person for me. And, and did I instantly know she was a soulmate? Uh, no. Is she my soulmate? Not sure. I'm not sure. I'm sure of a lot of things. I'm not sure. Is she sure? I don't know. Am I damn glad I met her? Oh yeah. Do I like being with her more than anything? Do I miss her when she's gone? You bet. Even if we see each other every single day, we live in like a hundred square foot house. And uh, we never get tired of each other. What? It's true. It's true. Ask anybody, trust me. Was that Arnold and Trump? Ask anybody, trust me, I'm number one. Yeah, that's a little bit of both of them. But it's worth it, in my opinion, to find the right person. And if you're in a loveless marriage, then... uh <coughs> I don't know what to tell you. You can still do it. If you hear this, you ain't dead. And I've said this before and I'll say it again and I mean it. If you are dead... Let's talk, but not at night, because I get frightened, and I don't want any ghosts to ghost me up during the night. I've said that before, and I mean it. Not during the night. But if you are alive and you're hearing this, then you have choices. And I think, and I'm pretty bold about saying this, that every day you live with a person that you can't stand, you are creating a toxic energy for yourself, your partner, and the children you think you're staying with the person for. Ooh, Jet. Harsh. What do you know? You, you know what, Chet? I'll tell you what. You've never had children. True, I've never had children. It's true. But that doesn't mean I'm wrong. I think that if you're miserable, people can tell. Okay? And I think you know that. Now, uh, am I telling you to leave your husband, who's a big guy, who has lots of guns, and is going to find me and kill me? No, you should definitely stay with that guy. Stay with him forever, especially if he'll do that to me. Because I believe in my self-preservation over all other self-preservation. If someone's going to kill Jed, it's going to be me on my terms, not someone else. I might be indestructible, but don't let that husband of yours that you just left with all the guns come and test that theory, okay? So you stay with him, but everyone else, the other thing you can do is kind of work on it, which works for some people, counseling, talk therapy. I like walks with my wife. You know, there's something really amazing about getting outside in the air in the environment and just having a real conversation with the person you care about, I think that's a great way. If you, like the rest of us, can't afford a marriage counselor, you know, I'm going to do something rare and say that my parents have been getting along really well lately, from what I see, and that may not even be true, but I choose to believe it, and uh, it's my pony, and I'll paint him any color I want. So, and they do a lot of that stuff, right? They they go camping. They go on vacation together, and it, again, this is—I'm just going to make this part up. They go on long walks together, and they just talk about life, and uh, it's really worked for them. Another, one of my aunts, she uh, goes on long walks with her husband, and but they—they they figure it out, and—and uh, and if that works for you, great. But if you're in a toxic environment that is harmful to you, don't wait till your next life to figure it out. Right? You don't want to wait till your next life to be happy. Now, if you're a selfish idiot who's just doing this because you think you can go out and get whatever you want and you're better than that person and you're being delusional, you know that too. So this is an honest conversation. But you shouldn't be miserable because you don't deserve to be miserable. You're better than that. Yeah, you really should look at where you are, where you want to be, and uh, who you're with the most amount of time is important, right? they're going to have the most influence on your life, just like your job's important. If you're going to spend nine hours talking about commute as well, every single day, except for the weekends, and you're thinking about it on the weekends, so I'd charge them for that time too. If that's the kind of time you're going to spend on a job, you should try and like it. Because I don't think that we were put on this earth to move widgets or spacely sprockets at the sprocket factory. And I'd rather live in a rv in someone's backyard than live in a luxury condo and do a job i hate that's a quote from someone you don't know not a quote directly but it's a concept and that's true and i've done that i'd rather live in an rv on a dirt pile that i dug out with my own two hands than uh live in a mansion with someone i hate doing what i hate because it's time have you ever heard this one you can't buy time well, I guess you can the magazine, right? So that's a that's a lie. But uh, it's something you can't get back, and you deserve it. And I might just... Ran- On another episode, Dr. Phil, I'm going to talk to you about why you're better than him. Because it's always him, right? Unless it's that gun-toting boyfriend of yours, or husband of yours, then he's fine. He's good. He's wonderful. I don't think I'm going to have time to go into Joker. I think I'm just going to have to end here. But I'm really glad that friend of mine, Gertie, called me and talked to me about Mr. Cosby, because... This is a universal thing that I wouldn't have thought of. And she also opens up my eyes to a different kind of life because I do insulate myself, which is good in a sense because i be I be able to tell you things from kind of a third-person perspective because I not be at work every day, but I was be at work at one point. And I am the 911, and sometimes I can be the 411. But mostly, I'm whatever line it is to call when you want jokes and words told inaccurately. Was I too preachy? Was I too preachy? Did I tell you too much of what you need to do in life? Did I make it too absolute? I don't think so. I think that some of you need a sober slap to the face with a wet fish. And today I was that wet fish. So, guys and guyettes, remember you're worth it. You're incredible. And you deserve to be as happy as you possibly can. And with that, thank you for listening to Psychotherapy. And thank you, Gertie, for helping us with this episode. I'll talk to you next time. I'm out of words. Thanks for listening.